everybody. Happy Friday. It's your girl, Claudia Jordan. And of course, like I said, it's Friday. We are back. We're here to spill the tea and break down the biggest headlines in the news and on social media. So sit back, relax, get you something to drink unless you're unlocking your better self like Funky says, but we don't really believe all that. And join us in the fuckery here. Please welcome Al Reynolds, who is newly licensed in the state of Texas. He will be your celebrity auctioneer and appraiser. What's up, Al? Hey, what's going on, Claudia? I'm enjoying <laughs> Texas. Oh, let's get to Q. Let's get to Q. Right. He gets mad at us. And please <laughs> welcome the man who claims to unlock his better self on show days only, Funky Dineva. What's up, Q? Forget both of y'all. Okay. <laughs> I unlocked my better self and it unlocked three more extra days a week for us. All right. So I got I got magic going on. The universe okay. on my side. So instead of making fun, I suggest you get on board and start unlocking your better selves. Oh God. The, if you This is the same boy that was in Lucky's just two nights ago, everybody, and Miss Kenny <laughs> dancing, <laughs> giving this Donna Ross performance at 4.30 in the morning. Okay, unlocking your better self. So I know people like to give us a hard time and say, oh, they're not letting him be great. <laughs> y'all gotta fucking be kidding me. Have now y'all come off the show. <laughs> And if you think we got five days a week because these Negroes stop drinking, you are beyond that. Right. Part of us getting the five days was his, his, his drunk shenanigans. <laughs> but once again, if you are joining us and you missed our show on Wednesday, which why would you? We made the announcement that we are now officially five days a week starting June 20th. We'll be five days a week of TGIF. So congratulations, fellas. Congratulations, y'all. Uh, I, I did see, remember last time I put out the, the bat signal to people saying, Hey, if you have any ideas and people, they, they suggest some things. So we're going to take everything in consideration, put them in a big pot. And we got some really cool segments that we're going to be getting to. I think you guys are going to enjoy the new, the new setup. All right. Um, y'all got y'all ready for the weekend. Y'all y'all what y'all got planned? Nothing, but I want I want to hear real quick about Al. Like Al, what you gonna be selling? And <laughs> if you gonna be auctioning? He's already done that. Al, Al got be... a big old high booty. You gonna be out there selling Al? He does. Do we really? Do we? I thought he was. I, unlock all your better self. Stop <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell us about it. You're you you're uh, an auctioneer. Yes, so now I'm 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 basically licensed in the state of Texas now. Um, the main thing that I'm going to be doing auctioning is like for charities, benefits, estate sales, fine art, um, uh, luxury items, stuff like that. That's that's my goal. And guess what? I will be the first African American male celebrity auctioneer, licensed. Okay. All right. You know, that's a good place to meet wealthy men, too. Ooh, how do you know? I'm assuming if you took the class for it, then it's that. <laughs> I forgot who I was talking to. You know, Claudia is quick <laughs> as hell. <laughs> well, we're going to pick you up and uh, and hang out tonight. I'm going to bring you some linguine clams, white wine sauce that I just made. And Funky, we got to do something with you so you don't feel left out. Uh Y'all went to room. The evil bitch. I go where I'm celebrated, not where I'm tolerated. Don't do me no favors. First of all, right. Al. I don't want to hang out with y'all geriatric old right. pushing 60 asses. Um, ooh. Wait a minute. You turned 41 this year, sir. I turned 40, helpful. Looking 55, sir. so whatever. <laughs> you know what's funny? He says all of that, but he loves us. So we're gonna make a trip. We're gonna we're gonna figure something out. But you go on trips with yachts all the time and you invite us. So those are local trips. What? 
Just ghetto. Just ghetto. All right, let's get to the show because the Lord has spoken. Azealia <laughs> Banks is getting slammed on social media for employing, implying that Jackie O's death was karma for DC Young Fly. In an Instagram story, Banks wrote, DC Young Fly spent years disguising his own deeply rooted hatred of self as jokes pointed at women's beauty. She continued, that Jackie O girl must have been so deeply insecure about herself and the nerve of DC to call such a gorgeous woman as Azalea Banks ugly on national television while a bunch of black people laughed and ironically dead at 32, exactly on my 32nd birthday. They're going to learn to What are you first? What do you think about this bird saying this about someone that just died? Yo, listen, I, I got to be honest. You guys know I've defended her on this show before. I, in my mind, Azalea Banks um, was the next Little Kim, the next Nicki Minaj, the next big rapper on the come up. But this this made my skin crawl. This spiral that she's in just makes me feel so sorry for her. This has to be one of the lowest things I've seen her do in a long time. And, 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 and not just her, this is probably one of the lowest things that I've seen any celebrity do in a long time. And speaking of karma, I don't think it's very wise to wish death on anyone. I just think that's low class. I think it's, 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 it's sad. And listen, if you believe that strongly in karma, you wouldn't be saying these things right now. Real quick before we go on and, and get Funky's take on this raggedy, dusty bitch. Uh, people are pointing out in the chat, Funky, that you did not do the hand movement. And they said, don't get five days a week and get all brand new. They still want the hand movement. <laughs> Please welcome Funky Dineva. <laughs> uh, you may commence to go in on Azalea Banks. Please, what do you this think about dog face ass heifer. Let me tell you something. Um... You know, Azalea is very insightful, right? I mean, she may have had something when she was talking about DC Young's Fly's own internalized issues with the way he looks, but Azalea, you have the same issues. Take one to no one because DC Young Fly's catchphrases with your ugly ass, that's his catchphrase. You're not unique to the situation. He calls everyone that. And the fact that you took that to heart so bad suggests the fact that you battle with your own appearance. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like you don't deviate from what the media says is the standard of beauty in this country, because you do. And Azalea strikes me as the type of girl that the world has told her all her life that she was ugly, she was dark-skinned, she wasn't beautiful. And perhaps those things sting her a little more than they would sting other people. But mama, you showed up on a show that's completely centered around roasting people. And to think that you boiling cats and praying to God knows what or God knows who is the reason why this girl died is very flawed, in my opinion, because your career is also dead. And it would seem to me that you would use that same witchcraft to bring that career back into life, to bring yourself into favor with the masses, to bring yourself into some type of notoriety that's greater than you always beefing with somebody. This was a brand new low. And I want Azalea Banks to get some healing and some help. I, I love what you said. I'm going to say this about Azalea Banks. Azalea Banks, I, I personally never thought you were ugly. I, I think you're actually a very, take your personality out of things. And you don't, when you don't talk, I think you're actually a beautiful woman, like beautiful chocolate and not, not beautiful for a chocolate woman. I just think she's a pretty girl. It's what you say and do that makes you an ugly, raggedy, dusty bitch. And I think you're at, you're, you're confusing 
how the world has punished you as, you know, they're, they're not letting you in because you're not pretty. Or you don't think what you, what you think they think pretty is it's your personality. There's plenty of beautiful chocolate women that have made it plenty. And although we do have a problem in this country with colorism, we actually, we absolutely do. I'm not taking that away from you. You go beyond that. Mm-hmm. You, 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 cause you are talented. You are insightful. You are smart, but you're actually, but your personality is also giving bird. And if you can't see how you have self-sabotaged yourself, like it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. You, they don't like me. They don't like me because of this, this, that, and the other. They ended up not liking you. Yes, you're right. But it's more really about your attitude. I really don't ever hear people saying anything about your complexion or your looks. I always hear people saying about your character. And while two things can be true at the same time, for sure, 1000%. But that show is a show on roasting. And you were talking when you got on that show, they gave it to you. You don't go on that show until you're ready to give it as much as you don't get it, like and vice versa. You just can't, and you are shooting yourself in the foot. And to piggyback off the death of a woman who has three beautiful children and thinking that's some kind of payback for your beef with DC Young Fly when this woman had nothing to do with it, shame on you. Shame on you. And you're never going to have any level of success continuing with these whack-ass antics because you're acting like the devil. All right, moving on. Mr. Cheeto Man is facing yet another case of indictment on federal charges in an investigation into his handling of classified documents. Trump has been charged with a total of 37 counts, 31 counts of willful retention of national defense information, one count of conspiracy to obstruct justice, one count of withholding a document or record, one count of corruptly concealing a document or record, one count of concealing a document in a federal investigation, one count of scheme to conceal, and one count of false statements and representations. What are your thoughts on this craziness? And Trump, once again, is making history as the only president being to be impeached twice in this indictment. And there's two more. There's more coming. Al, what do you think? Listen, this 45th president of the United States is making history across the board. Let me give you a fun fact. A fun fact is after all of his criminal charges, he always sees a huge boom in his campaign supporters. After the New York indictment, his campaign announced that they raised $4 million in less than 24 hours, Claudia. How in the world can somebody be accused of sexually abusing women, money fraud, tax fraud, uh, stealing stuff. <laughs> we got a whole stealing documents, indictments out the wild. But you know what? None of it legally stops him from running for president. We still have not found a chargeable case in which it stops him from being able to run for president. And that right there is the problem. So I'm hoping that this district attorney or this, uh, you know, for Manhattan, finds something to put this man in jail. It's going to be the one in Georgia. I think that's his best case. Uh, also, someone put a tweet out today that you can be a felon and run for president, but you can't vote, which is maddening. Funky, what do you think about this? Listen, when you was reading them doggone counts, he got one doggone count of every doggone thing. I kept saying, dang, is Claudia going to stop? <laughs> you know, and, and, and speaking of him raising campaigns and heightened awareness in his, camp, in, in, in his campaign, you know, his supporters are not supporting him on the basis of integrity. A lot of the people, not all, but a lot of them 
are supporting him on the basis of white supremacy. So no matter what he does, their support is not going to waver because white supremacy requires total loyalty as an institution in order for it to stay intact. Um, I hope we see something. Um, I'm not holding my breath as of yet. Um, you know, we're in for a lot. We've got this 2024 political campaign uh, drawing near between him, DeSantis, Pence, Cornell don't got in the race. I am already taking my Prozac and my Xanax pills right now because my pressure, I know, is going to be through the roof. So I'm just going to sit back and watch this one and reserve my comments for if we actually get him close to a jail. Anybody can go to court, but can we get him close to a jail? Right. Claudia, is it, I'm sorry, I messed up, right? Because I said Manhattan, right? Yeah. Insurrection charges, correct? That we are hoping puts him in jail. No, Which no, charge are we hoping puts him in jail? The the, close, the best, the strongest case is a Georgia case for election interference because it's caught on tape. Okay, it's that's right. Open and close, yeah, and, and it's okay, a black. Thank you for correcting that. No, it's all good. Um, real quick before we go on, uh, his supporters, like you said, Funky, they are so indoctrinated and so far in the cult. It doesn't matter what what charges come out because they see everything as a conspiracy theory mm -hmm. against him. So it makes them be like, we got to support our guy. The, mm -hmm. the, the liberals are attacking him. They don't see logic, mm -hmm. but the independents do. And amongst the independents, he's not holding well. Mm -hmm. So there, there are hope here because we can't rely on the white women that voted him for last, last time. Mm -hmm. Like they tricked us. All right. On the latest episode of college Hill, Amber Rose threw hands with Jocelyn Hernandez after Jocelyn was picking on her for being biracial. Now, after Amber Rose uh, opened up about not fitting in with either race, Jocelyn said, you really want to be a white girl, which resulted in Amber attacking Jocelyn. Are you shocked to hear that Amber Rose squared up with Jocelyn Her Her Hernandez? And can you blame her, Al? Ooh, this is a tough one because, you know, you guys, I support Amber. I like her a lot. Um, but let's examine the facts. When that when that video resurfaced that she does not uh, identify as African-American, it just made me feel some kind of way. You're sitting up here on a African-American network, BET. You're sitting there at a historically black college. And if we're really honest, I think her career has been built around attracting black women to follow her, black men to feed her or to, you know, to support her or make her relevant in the black community. The black community has always kind of held her in this, 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 you know, revere. I, I just, I'm, this was just very hard for me because honestly, I don't like seeing two black female influencers of the culture fighting on television. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the fighting on Real Housewives of Atlanta. I'm tired of the fighting on Love and Hip Hop. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of seeing very wealthy, successful black women fighting on television. It has got to change because it's setting a precedence that is leading our young people to not know how to handle conflict. Something's got to change in the culture. I hear you. All right, Q, what do you think? You know what? And we're going to have to save this for one of our deeper dives. The conversation here is not about Amber Rose and Jocelyn Hernandez fighting. The real conversation here is about biracial identity in the midst of black spaces, right? That's the conversation that we need to have. And Amber Rose, although she is biracial, she is very, very light and can acquire all the privileges of being a white woman 
if and when she wants to, but lean in. She's close enough to black culture to lean in and harness those powers as well. So there's a much deeper conversation we need to have in addition to that of Jocelyn, who says that she is a black woman, but also reaps benefits of being a Latino or Afro-Latino woman and not quite black like me black, whatever. So that's a greater conversation that we need to have at a greater date. But um, it's sad that this happened on their show. It, it is. And, um, I, you know, uh, everyone knows my mom's from Italy and I've always said I'm a black girl every since I was little. I never had that issue of not knowing what I was. It was always other people said, telling me what I was not enough of or too much of, which is very frustrating. I'm going to tell you growing up like that, it makes you feel very defensive. I know I'm a, def a defensive person, largely in part of that. Because I feel like I'm always like having to prove myself. Like when I was in college, I felt like I had to prove myself. I was extra black. I joined the gospel choir. I was in the Black Student Alliance. I put together a nonviolent vigil when the Rodney King verdict dropped. I felt like I was always trying to like get the approval of, of, of my fellow brothers and sisters, which is a horrible way to live. It's a horrible way to exist because it's like, it's never enough. And then I see comments in the chat all the time telling me that you don't belong here. You ain't black enough which is really heartbreaking to people like me. I don't, I'm not like Amber Rose. I've always said I'm black, but I will say this kind of in her defense, anyone that knows anything about the Cape Verdean culture, which a lot of my friends on the East coast are Cape Verdean. Their parents are the generation above us are older than us are very racist. They think that being black and dark skin is a horrible thing. They're on the West coast of Africa. They encourage their kids to marry whites and to, to, to dilute their black blood. Cause they think they'll be accepted more in the world. They are so, I hate it. I have a friend who's dark and one of my best friends also. And she's the, she calls herself the black sheep of the family. She's a beautiful brown girl. And she said it was just so tough because she always felt like she wasn't worthy. So I'm but thinking, I'm thinking Amber Rose's family was like that, but you've been yeah. here long enough. And to piggyback off you Al, she has benefited off the black culture. Right. So it would behoove her to not publicly say things right, like that. Right. Right. Okay. We're on the same page. Then, yeah, no, no, no. For real. But I just want to give the backstory of the Kate Verdian uh, culture. They do. They are very, they're very hostile. Not all, but it, it, they definitely, it's one of those places. Like I, it, it actually disgusts me when I used to hear some of my friends' parents speak. All right. Coming up next an Atlanta rideshare company has a shocking new policy and later find out why Chris Paul's daughter is being bullied. It's a really interesting reason. We'll be right back. <laughs> IF. All right, y'all. An Atlanta-based rideshare company is catering to folks who specifically want to hire armed drivers. The rideshare app is called the Black Wolf app, and the owner claims to have clients from the political realm to the everyday blue-collar worker. Now, this offer comes as a result of the rising crime rates in the city. Now, where do y'all stand on this? And when you use this app with armed drivers, Q, let's go to you first. You know what? I think in principle, it's a great idea until the armed driver turned that armed uh, weapon onto riders. You know what I'm saying? Like that, I, that, that's the only place. And then too, I understand that there's a rise in violence in Atlanta, but to this point, I have not heard enough about people being ambushed and or bamboozled in Ubers enough 
to justify you needing a driver with a gun. Then my next question would be, what is the driver protecting? Just you while you're inside the vehicle? Because once you exit the vehicle in rideshare situations, the driver doesn't get out. So I don't know. It seems um, a bit unnecessary. Um, and as we start moving forward with all these lax gun laws and everybody wanting to tote guns, I just don't know where I'm at with it. I think that the person probably would be better off just carrying their own weapon versus getting in a ride share with the driver carrying one if they're not your paid security. Okay. Al, what do you think? It's a no for me. I can't even trust police to protect me, more or less an Uber driver who I don't know what his background is, how he got that gun, is he licensed? So it's a no for me. I'm not comfortable. You know, when I think about um, lately, I, I've been taking, I take a lot of, especially like I've been spending like a lot of time in New York. Right. I think about it. Like when by, uh, by like, if I get into an Uber by myself, say after a club or an event where I've been drinking, I think about it. How crazy is it that I'm in a guy's car that I do not know just because he signed up for Uber. You could be a total predator, rapist, murderer, and just let the victim just come to your car. Like it's probably the best gig for someone that wants to be a stalker. They know where you live now. They have your information. Um, I, it's when I think about Uber and what's out there, how many crazies are out there. It's really scary actually. So them with a gun, eh, I'm with you fellas. I don't know, because mm-hmm. we're already kind of taking a big risk every time we get in one of those things. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. stopping them? All right. A brawl took place at a 7-Eleven in Texas. Oh, we trying to catch up to Florida. After two employees refused to sell a cigar to an underage girl, the underage girl left in a rage and returned to the store with a group of friends and immediately jumped the employees. Please don't be... Bl- They are. Now, this is not the first story we've heard lately of kids jumping their elders. Are you surprised? I'm going to go to you, Funky, because we know how you are about kids and fighting. You know, y'all know I fight kids, and I'm here to tell y'all something. <laughs> I mean this wholeheartedly. If that man he wouldn't have been wrong. He wouldn't have been wrong. And y'all want to get on the news and then y'all want to start to cherry pick what constitutes should have shot him versus what shouldn't have, when they shouldn't have been shot. If that man would have one of them children, I'd have sit up here and said, Claudia, go on to the next thing. And it's not because I don't see value in young black life. It's because I don't see value in the way that y'all are raising y'all damn children. Again, all of us on this panel were 13, 14, 16 at one time. I would have never done that. I just would have never done it. Me and my friends would have never done it. There is something in the air and something about the way I have to put it on my generation, the way my generation has raised their children that has them acting like this. And it's unacceptable. That's I, I listen, I don't fight kids, but I will ass kids those are some future murderers who the the the, the bonus to, to jump people on camera in a store to imagine jump. how scary that has to be you're you're at a 7-eleven you're probably by yourself and then you're surrounded by five or six hostile kids that's right al you know, luckily, you luckily. what i'm sorry i said are you team fight these kind of kids <laughs> you know luckily you know, this is probably one of the only stores 
that has a no weapon policy. 7-Eleven has a no weapon policy for its owners as well as its employees in a good thing for this case because these, these young kids and how they behave, they need to be arrested. And not only do they need to be arrested, I keep saying this over and over on here, they need to lock these kids up and they need to make their parents take some form of accountability because the underage chaos that's going on, the rapid increase of this underage chaos has something that, you know, to where at the point now that something has to be done because it's causing very unsafe scenarios. And like you said, if if they were not at 7-Eleven and another store, especially like a New York City bodega, a gun would have come out and they would have been physically harmed if not killed. And that's not good. 7-Eleven people, 7-Eleven people. Listen, if y'all see a rise in crime and robberies, it's because Adam told the whole damn world <laughs> that y'all workers ain't got no damn guns. And basically, if you want to go rob somewhere and act unruly, 7-Eleven makes a great place to go because they ain't got no they ain't got no weapon policy. Thanks for that. <laughs> hey, but you, you know what? They're not only do they not have weapons, but 7-Eleven also must give over all cash when commanded to do so. Oh my God, you're totally setting them up. <laughs> Robbery people. <laughs> Robbery people. You know, they honest what it pays the bills. I always, say, <laughs> I always say I don't want to live too close to a 7-Eleven because 10 times out of 10, 7-Eleven is always a hotbed for crackheads. There's always crackheads at 7-Eleven. It don't matter where you are. I've been at 7-Elevens where there's homeless people outside, Crackheads, not to, oh, unhoused, whatever, and and <laughs> can't say anything anymore. Um, uh, uh, crack, yeah, lots of crack Wait, out there. Al, how aggressive I gotta be when I demand the money? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to see something. <laughs> so you know what, Q? That's a good question because allegedly, now I used to work beside a Seven Eleven. This is how uh, I to know uh, that used to get go. robbed. They used to get robbed a lot in D.C. So the manager told us that when they ask for that money, they're supposed to give the money and then they've gotten aggressive now because they want, you know how 7-Eleven puts the money and sucks it down into a safe that's in the ground? You know, if they're aggressive enough, Q, they're supposed to release that, those funds as well. Mm. So Al, when I pick you up tonight. <laughs> We're gonna ride by 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Not me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm light skinned. I'm not going to jail. <laughs> oh yeah, and you got that booty. Mm. Oh, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> All right. Speaking of kids, I need an ass whooping. A group of teens in New York City stole an eight-year-old boy's earrings from his lemonade stand. The teens waited until the boy's back was turned and snatched his money jar containing around one hundred and fifty dollars. The boy stated, "I feel disappointed in humanity." It turns out the boy was raising money for an animal shelter. What do you think about this story? Wait, earrings? There's a lot going on here. Al, what do you yeah, think about it? Earnings. Oh, yeah. I, yeah my- <laughs> you want to know what's funny? When we, when we were reviewing the stories, I was reading earrings, too, and I read the story twice <laughs> trying to figure out. Was the, I thought the earrings was in the tip jar because when they first said earrings, I'm like, did they attack the little boy or did someone tip him in earrings? Party, you ain't, you ain't off. Okay, thank you. Because I was like, earrings, okay, hey, I read what they're <laughs> Maybe there's another turn to this story. All right, Al, since you know about this, earnings, earrings, whatever. 
I'm kind of disappointed. You know, the, the story just broke my heart. I thought it was horrible. I thought it was disgusting. I thought it was low life. I go back to these kids in my mind, you know, need to be parented better. I feel like these young, this younger generation, I feel like the parenting is coming from television programming, music lyrics, media programming. I think there's a large influence from social media. I think there's a strong lack of parenting and that has got to change if we're gonna do better. A young man who has a lemonade stand now has to be afraid that he's gonna be attacked by his peers for selling lemonade. Like, this is unacceptable. I think they should find those kids, make an example of them, and charge them and their parents. Make them make them make them all accountable. Uh in the chat, T Renee says, you can't commit no crimes around Al. And it's really me says Al gonna get all the 7-Elevens robbed this weekend. And then Papa <laughs> Lisa says Al's booty is luscious. Um, okay. Q, what do you think about this? I think I'm, I I wanna know why these kids, why are they, none of these kids afraid of their parents? Right. The bitch and the people ain't gonna like it, but somebody. <laughs> <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> you get that? Listen, I have a hard time, and I know that's excessive, right? But I have a hard time just feeling bad for people who catch hands and or stray bullets when they go off and do wrong things. If that boy's mama or daddy was sitting in the car watching their child do the lemonade stand and y'all was over there, you know, they didn't know if y'all was gonna attack the boy or take the <laughs> it's gonna before they act right. They just won't do right. And I'm sorry, when you steal money from an eight-year-old child, it strikes the same chord in me as when you take an old elderly woman's purse. I agree. Like, don't, 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 go to seven and let out on told y'all ass. <laughs> y'all want the money. Go down to 7-Eleven where they Okay? But don't be taking money from, from little kids. That's not cool. This is where our show has come to, where we are advising people to go rob 7-Eleven. <laughs> put that on a t-shirt all right yo coming up next is it overwhelming to accomplish all things at once and later in the show find out why chris paul may carry the blame for his daughter getting bullied at school stay tuned And funky, I think uh, our viewers don't got lazy with the likes because, like, now that they know we got five days a week, they're getting all spoils because we have like almost 5,000 people in the chat, only 1,200 likes. Like, that is ridiculous. Don't you get know, no, I, I, I'm gonna give them a break because the thing that the big bike girls did for us, like, <laughs> you know, them big strong backs changed our lives. Yeah. Well, I ain't gonna light y'all last up tonight, but just as a courtesy. Just as a courtesy, just go ahead and hit that like button for us, please. Please. What a tender moment from fucking. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you Honda, all you Honda drivers hit that like. If you want Al to be your auctioneer. <laughs> <laughs>
If you a crackhead at a 7-Eleven, hit the like button. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that should take us over. No? Okay. All right, y'all. Um, let's get into this. Charging higher interest is how banks make more money, and they take a lot more of your hard-earned money if your credit score is just okay but not great. Now, Score Master, the new science in accelerating credit scores, puts you in control of your money, not the bank. Say if your credit score is 650 and you're borrowing five grand to refi- 500 grand for you to refinance your home, starting at Scoremaster could save you over 75 grand in interest over the life of your loan or more. That 75 grand is your money, not the bank's. That's the genius behind the Scoremaster three-week rule, especially now at these high interest rates. Now, it only takes a minute to get started, and you can add 30 to 100 points in about three weeks, depending on your credit file. So before you apply for any loan, auto lease, or credit, start at Scoremaster. Go ahead and visit scoremaster.com slash T, that's T-E-A, to try Scoremaster for free. That's right. You get it for free. Visit scoremaster.com slash T, that is scoremaster.com dot com slash t fellas i know we grown up we getting more paychecks because we got more days of the week and houses and bigger purchases are on the horizon Hugh, i know you're looking at homes what about what do you think about this so you know i told y'all that i would keep y'all updated uh with it i forgot when i started it's been well over 30 days and i will say that I have done some of the suggestions made, not all, and I have witnessed an increase to my already over 700 credit score. <laughs> so I definitely think, you know, the girls, especially you lower tier girls, you know, the real basic like girls, I definitely need to get that score master to get that score up. Okay. Thank you very much. Al, next we're going to talk to you about your situation. All right. Promotional consideration furnished by Scoremaster. Let's get back to the topics. All right. Let me get your thoughts on this tweet. I don't know who needs to hear this, but y'all got to take things one step at a time. You frustrated because you're trying to do it all at once. You're trying to lose weight, buy a house, rent, Practice meditation, vacation, practice gentle parenting without gentle children, work 9 to 5 p.m. with two hustles on the side, date, clean house, cook, and save. You're only one person, one thing at a time, my baby. Do y'all ever feel like you're trying to accomplish too much at once? Al, let's go to you on this one. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's natural and I think it's okay to want to do better and be better and have better than maybe your parents or the environment that you come from. But at the end of the day, I think the key here is to be safe and and try to steer yourself away from doing things that are peer pressured, like that pushes you over the edge of legality, that pushes you over the edge of safety. Like for instance, cosmetic surgery, because social media has you feeling like you have to have a small waist and a big ass. Like, and then you, you are, you're putting your life at risk. You know, fraudulent credit card schemes, money laundering, identity theft, because you want to be out here balling in the clubs and buying shoes and, and, and bags like that and trapping, even trapping. I, I just feel like we got to be very careful. It's OK to have ambition and to have goals, but I think it's very crucial, especially with the influence of social, ma- social media, that it that it be a perspective, that it be in the right perspective. All right. Very well. Thank you so much. Q, what are your thoughts? You know what? This thing actually hit home with me because there was a time in the not so distant past where I fell victim to feeling like I need another business. I need another business. And I literally was out here on the verge of signing papers to get a food truck. A friend had told me you need an X, Y, Z amount of dollars. And then I thought about it right before I got ready to sign these papers to get this 
used UPS truck that I was going to have to put $70,000 into to convert into a food truck. I was like, Q, that's not even what you do. And I was like, you're going to be at the bar on a Friday night and somebody's going to be like the food truck ran out of chicken and you're going to tell them people close it down. You know what I'm saying? And then I thought to myself, I said, Q, you haven't even maximized the income uh, potential on what it is you already do. So how are you going to go over here and open up a whole nother business that's completely outside of the realm of what it is you do? So yeah, we all from time to time can fall victim to this type of thing. And I am so glad that I was able to rein that in and focus, focus, Quentin, focus. I was talking about this the other day with friends of mine about like, how perfect or how many qualities, especially as women in relationships, we're supposed to be bringing to the table. You have to be sexy, but you have to be classy. You have to be good in bed. You can't have too many bodies. You have to have a good job. You got to be a helper, but you also have to let them be a man. You got to, uh, you know, be this height and this weight and have this waist size and then this butt size and then this kind of hair and then these lashes. And it is exhausting. It is exhausting. And then on top of that, you got to have to have your own money. You have to let a man lead. It's just so many things. And I'm just like, are we making life more complicated than it needs to be? I think we are. And I blame a lot of it on social media. I really do. Um, you know, we see other people's lives and we think we have to have all these things. Humans aren't really made to just have all those things. Humans are just made to, made to human, have emotions, survive, provide for their kids, re re reproduce. We've made it so complicated where this, if you have one thing off this incredibly long list, you're deemed not worthy. Mm -hmm. You're too, you have all those things. Oh, but you're 50. You're too old. You don't deserve love. You too old. You lucky. Anybody want to even holler at your old ass or, you know, you, you have bad toes or you have, <laughs> you're still renting. Like people will criticize you for one small thing that's not on their list. And the people criticizing us don't have none of that. That's the gag. I just wish we could be a little bit easier on each other. You know what I mean? I, I really do because it's really a lot of pressure to put on each other. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people justify uh, criticizing us. Well, y'all on TV talking about people. We talk about what y'all make trending. That's what we do. It's nothing personal. All right. Keep it locked because coming up next, Chris Paul may be the reason his daughter is getting bullied and later find out what crime a man committed for fun. Stay put. G-I-F, shout out to the soulmates in the chat. We see y'all getting us over 2,000. We appreciate y'all. We appreciate y'all spreading the word about us as well. Like we really do. It does not go unnoticed. So thank you so much. All right, y'all. In a recent interview, Chris Paul shared that his daughter is being bullied at school because he hasn't won an NBA championship. He claimed a little boy in his daughter's class came up to her and said, your daddy ain't never going to win no championship. Do you think that is coming from the other kid's parents? And wait a minute. Tonight seems to be a theme of badass kids, right? Is tonight just all about badass, raggedy ass, mean ass, misbehaved kids? Sorry, Al, I gotta go to Q because you know Q is um Q hates kids. So go ahead, Q. Well, this story don't warn nobody. This one gets a pass. I'm gonna tell you something now. When I read this story, I was expecting. I don't like the use of the word bully now on social media, right? Because when you say bully to me, I was expecting him to give me a long story about kids consistently picking on her, a group of kids chanting, your daddy sucks. It's 
one kid saying your dad didn't win a championship or your dad sucks or whatever it is, he said, hardly constitutes bullying by the measure in which you measure bullying when we were in school. So, Chris, I get that you needed something to say to be a part of the team. This is part of the cost that it costs to be your daughter and the privileged life that she lives. And this is more of a teachable moment for her versus bullying. One statement don't constitute bullying. I, I don't know if she was getting picked on by more than this, and he just extrapolated this one, but this ain't giving bullying to me. Yeah, if it's one kid, I'm like, eh, I think bullying gets overused. But if you're a kid, I guess you do feel responsible. Al, what do you think about this? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, you. That word bully, that word bully just creates some type of energy in you, right? And that means you want to protect. But I, I feel like Chris Paul needs to teach his kid, teach his daughter how to talk smack. Listen, I would have said, listen, my daddy, we worth $160 million. He's a nine-time NBA All-Star. He's named NBA first team four times, second team three times, third team one time. He's won two Olympic medals for Team USA. Listen, you got to teach her how to, like, put him in his place. Let him know your dad is the bomb.com and your dad ain't nothing close to it. And if that doesn't work, Chris Paul, honestly, you have enough money to change it. Look, either oh, you can homeschool that kid. You can take that kid to a different private school. You can change districts. You got so much money, you can change states. I don't have any empathy in this place, in this space about this kid getting bullied by one person. I don't like the word bully. I would just say smack talking. The, the soulmates are chiming in saying he didn't say bullying, he said tease, and that he actually said it wasn't bullying. So I, let's just say okay. that. Oh, that's I will, I will that's say bad. this. When I was in school, everyone had something that you can make fun of. We didn't have a lot of money, so you know we always got the video, like the, the whatever get trim, trinkets were out, we got them late. Our clothes weren't like everybody else. You know what I mean? We weren't getting the newest stuff. We didn't look bad, but... They, Everyone had something they picked on. There was the, the overweight kid. There's a kid with the thick glasses. There's a kid that, you know, had the, the whack, the skippies, the shoes. What it did for us growing up, and maybe, am I Gen X? Am I Gen X? What am I, Gen X? Gen, I don't know. Whatever the 70s and 80s people are, it made us be fighters. It made us be able to have coping skills. It made us be able to clap back and say, oh, okay. If I was that little girl, I'd be like, oh, you're talking about my NBA daddy that the world knows? Where does your daddy work? How big is your mansion? I would have clapped back and I would have been really petty. It just helps you be like, um, have better coping skills when you get older. I think when we baby people and call everything, he didn't, to his defense, he didn't say bullying. When everything's a thing, oh, you you made fun of my kid's shoes. You Back in the day, that's what gave you character. That's mm -hmm. what gives you character. Mm -hmm. Funky, look at your personality. Mm -hmm. I am sure you were, you were picked on as oh, a kid. It, it that, birthed this. It birthed this, exactly. <laughs> I was picked on by, by, by some people, and I am a quick clap backer. Mm -hmm. And it is, we have made careers off this. Al, we kind of teach you to read. You know, you seem like you had a pretty nice life growing up, so you, you weren't as traumatized no, as no. us, probably. But, but I'm just saying, these, I think I understand they want, I do commend these parents for wanting a soft life for their kids. But it's at their detriment when everyone gets a participation trophy and everything's right. a thing. You're making them soft and weak, and then they can't fire back. Yo, read that little kid down, little girl, mm -hmm. Chris Paul's daughter, because you got it going on. I'm sure right. your life is better than that little kid that was talking trash about your daddy. Right. All right. A video went viral showing a white man's face during his first time at a black game night. <laughs> Watch this clip. 
<laughs> I'm wondering if that's how my mom looked when my bro- father first brought her here from Italy. <laughs> first yeah. out, like, what is this? <laughs> what are your thoughts on his reaction, Al? What do you think about it? The best part is I can relate to this. You know, my mother's side is very loud and crazy. My dad's side is very kind of like proper and subdued. But I remember this one time that I brought, you know, I'm always, you guys know me, I always will bring a white friend around. And I had one white friend who was just like, is everything okay? Are they mad at each other? I mean, I mean, do we need to break this up? Like, is it? And that that to me was the exact face that he was given. Like, okay, am I supposed to celebrate? Am I supposed to laugh? Am I supposed, you know, to be happy? And, and so I really like this. It, it it really gave me a warm feeling, and it always gives me a warm feeling to see how us as black people we always accept any and everybody into the room. We make them feel invited. We make them feel welcome, and we're just naturally loving as a as a as a culture i i, I do like that i i do like like if a white person can do something that black like kind of good or even half not even half, really even that good that we do naturally we give them so much props that's yeah. how white entertainers are so celebrated by black people like that do dabble in soul or hip-hop we we embrace them and i wish the the majority white folks i wish they could do the same thing with us and not try to block us out of country music and all that kind of stuff. Q, what do you think about this and his reaction? You know what? His reaction was funny, but I'm not going to lie. I'm a, I'm a bit on edge in this racial and political uh, environment that we're in. And I was slightly triggered. I'm going to tell you why he was standing up against that wall, looking scared, like something was about to happen or that his safety was in jeopardy. And it just made me lean into the fact that a lot of white people, in my opinion, are inherently scared of us. And for what reason, I do not know. And so then it sent my mind down a whole other rabbit hole about implicit bias and so on and so forth. And if he was a police officer, he probably would shoot first and think later. And I got stuck in that vortex. But I am glad that the black man had the emotional intelligence to put his arm around him, make him feel comfortable, and he lit up. But I really would like to interview this young man and ask him what did he think was going to happen and why did he look so nervous up against that wall? Claudia, isn't that interesting how how Q interpret that? Like I I, de- I definitely didn't interpret that, that like that. And I think if Q, if you if you have the experience of knowing both sides of the experience, then you would have a little bit more grace and you wouldn't be so anxious. I really I saw in his face like a, a look of is everything okay? <laughs> because in, in his family, you could tell it was never that jovial. It was never that loud. It was never that fun. Like this, he looked like, okay, is everything okay? Or is there something wrong? That's what I got out of it. How about you, Claudia? We do be loud sometimes. And with all the racist, like the, the pressure cooker that America's been recently, I could see why you feel like a way like, oh, I, I would think he has love for them if he's there with them. I would think he's not a, one, one of those, you know what I mean? Like one of the like the racist cops. He's he's down with us, right? It, yeah. it probably was just like, it, it, I would imagine being white now amongst the black crowd with how sensitive things have become and how tr- easily triggered. You probably, they, they probably have to constantly think, I can't say this, I can't say that, I can't say this. If you're, right. you know, 
not in the business of wanting to be racist. So good conversation. All right, y'all coming up, a man's version of fun may lead him behind bars. You don't want to miss this one. We'll be right back. G-I-F-R-E-L, a man recorded himself driving through a random nice neighborhood while shooting his gun at the homes. It is unclear whether the man has been found or arrested. What are your thoughts on this craziness, Q? I see you shaking your head. What do you think about this ridiculousness? When I saw it, I I, I 100% hate it. I hate even more that we're covering the story and that other media outlets are covering the story because my fear is that this is going to become a trend with other young individuals. And that is scary because there once used to be a time where you could move to a nice neighborhood and that meant you didn't have to worry about stray bullets um, crossing, I mean, coming through your window or through your door. And if that's taken away from us, like so many other securities have been taken away from us in nice neighborhoods, then if you can't live behind a gated community in a nice neighborhood, where the hell could you go? Right. Right. It's really scary. Imagine your home. Like I just, I moved to a nice neighborhood. I'm like, people drive down the street. It's not a lot of traffic, but imagine someone just randomly shoots like, through the glass and shoots me, kills me or my cats. Or if I had friends over here, oh, right on cue, look at, he said, not me, girl, you ain't shooting me. All right. Um, Al, what do you think about this? Um, I listen, another minor situation. I, it's not stopping. It's only it's only getting worse. I think we the only way that we can stop this is that I feel like we have to make the parents accountable in some way. We've got to figure out a way to complete this type of ridiculous behavior for minors. We just got to think of something. I agree because like it starts at home, and if you, y'all, I would be so afraid that my parents would be mad at me doing this for my mom. I, I Sorry. All right, y'all take a look at this tweet. What's the worst way you ever got dumped? Al, let's start with you. <laughs> I've never been dumped. I've always, and let me repeat, I have always done the dumping. Every single time, Al? Pretty much. Ooh, when it happens for the first time at 52, you mean. <laughs> you, what about you? Um, so in my committed relationships, I've never been dumped. It's either been amicable split or I walked away, but in a dating situation with somebody that I was getting close to one time, this actually happened pretty recently. Um, we went out to an event and we are a live music event and we're sitting on the sofa talking an occasional make out. The event was over. He got up to use the bathroom and then left. And blocked my number and me and my friends were standing out there for 30 minutes waiting for him, trying to figure out where he was. And he just like ghosted me. I think ghosting is the most cowardly way to break up with someone. Oh, and then a club promoter a couple weeks told me later he was in his club and I drove all the way from Miami to Fort Lauderdale with my homegirl to try to fight him. (laughs) (laughs) I was on FaceTime with this guy who had me on FaceTime 22 hours out of the day. He was a ball player, right? And I was like, wow, he spends a lot of time with me. He was telling me how much in love with me he was. He said he's going to lunch with a old friend of his. When he went to lunch the first day, he went back the second day, had lunch with this person again, proposed to the girl while he was with me. And we had plans to be together in Miami two days later. 
Ooh, Help me lose weight, though. Anyways, he's still a whore. Um, I want to thank my co-host, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Stay tuned for Black Water Horse Movies. Catch it on our YouTube channel and website. We will see y'all next week. And uh, y'all have a safe weekend. And yeah, be, be good. Be good. Bye, okay. soulmates.